0: Bound, taken by Iguodala. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James with Remember That Guy, the show where we mine our memories for nuggets of nostalgia about peripheral players, past and present. And I'm your host, not LeBron, just James.
1: Just James. Diaz back with you once again. And we have an incredibly special guest, a man who was able to get his redemption last night by watching the Warriors win. Not playing for them. But nonetheless, the redemption. Please introduce yourself, Xavier. Yeah,
2: it's me, Andre Igadala. The, the real glue guy for these Warriors teams. You know, I, I take a lot of credit for these victories. What a beautiful token minute he got at the end of it. <laughs> I was so happy when I saw him come on. Ooh, who finished with
0: more minutes this
2: year, Andre Igadala or Udonis Haslam? Haslam plays once a year just to hit somebody
1: and then leaves. Well, he actually played in like, I think like 12 games this year. He played in 13 games this year, Udonis Haslam. And he but... played in 38. Including the playoffs. So he okay. won. What t- okay. What tickled me with Haslam, though, was the year before that, the Sixers were the one seed and then Ben Simmons didn't dunk over Trey Young's season. Um, <laughs> late in the year, we played the Heat in the regular season. Udonis Haslam appeared in one game that year. It was this game. He came in for two minutes. Believe He hit two buckets and immediately got a flagrant foul on Dwight Howard and was ejected from the game. That's oh, beautiful. Came in, That's exactly two, what his season should be. Two minutes, two buckets, one almost fight with Dwight Howard. It was beautiful. But if I may kick off making memories, I just think, while well, we're kind of on the topic here. Please, yeah. um, it's got to be the Warriors for me, and it has to be that incredible closeout performance in game six. I had a feeling going into it. I said, the Celtics are going to come out hot, but the Warriors are going to wake up. It feels like we're going to finally get a Draymond game because he was pretty terrible this whole series. Yeah. But it's
0: bummer. Like, if it was going to go to seven games, we we're actually going to be able to have him replace you tonight, X. But since he had his finals episode already last night, that's why we called you last minute.
2: I appreciate that's it. He's tough. too busy uh, being very, very drunk all day today and wearing his oh, yeah. awesome Celtics t-shirt. <laughs> was
1: it? With, with the, no, they didn't get this one. The, the other 17 banners and then maybe again in 23. I also just loved his podium speech afterwards when they asked him like, what did you learn about yourself? You said, I didn't learn anything. I already knew all of this. And just Draymond is Draymond to the very end. Steph is Steph. I think we all need to unanimously agree now. Steph is, without question, top 10 player of all time. And I make the case that he's top five even. But just an incredible closeout performance, cementing them as, whether Bill Simmons likes it or not, a dynasty. They are a dynasty. <sighs> That's the most absurd
0: thing he's ever tried to say.
1: It's offensive. I saw somebody said on Twitter that the Boston fan base just has main character syndrome. And there's no better example of that than immediately after this loss. You can't even give a moment of grace to acknowledge that, yes, the Golden State Warriors are the team of the last decade. They just simply are. It's incredible. It's incredible pettiness, but what's more incredible is just... How they're able to reload on the fly, and really, you think about it, the only times that they haven't at least made the finals, it's very much like the, the Jordan Bulls. Like, okay, when you didn't have Jordan versus when you didn't have Clay. Those are the only years you didn't get it done. And what I, I felt was super interesting was that I don't think Clay had a good game
2: the entire finals. Clay he really shot. Didn't. He shot twenty five percent yesterday. He, he shot under fifty percent for most games. I mean, you know, it it Clay not at his best. The number two overall pick from a couple of years ago has not played for them at all, and he was supposed to be the like the big prize of that one year of everyone being hurt and tanking. I mean, does James Wiseman exist? Sucks. I saw that picture of him sucks. cradling the, uh, the 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 uh, the the uh, NBA Finals trophy. I'm like, what did you do for this? <laughs> You've been out all season, but Andrew Wiggins comes from the wilderness of Minnesota to become fantastic. They, they are a fantastic team. They're so good.
0: They're great. They're they never
2: had to play a healthy Spurs team, but they're still
0: very, very good. <laughs> it's, here, it's fine because it went straight from Spurs 2014 to the Warriors. Like It's fine. It's that, that's a bookend. Everything comes to an end. At least there was no question going forward, like, yeah, no, it's been Golden State and LeBron since then.
1: Look, I mean, in interest of what you alluded to, Dare I say, maybe we should dive into this more later, but I would be down to issue another ban to Zaza Petrullia for the Hall of Guy.
0: (laughs) It's, I mean, okay, if either of you ever had thought to consider him, yeah, no, I would have spent the next 20 minutes just telling you how that's not going to happen.
1: Well, so here's what I would say, and we're we're giving folks a peek behind the curtain on Lifetime. After this relitigation episode when we go into the, the off season quote unquote, I think we should have a ban episode. A ban episode. Everyone just
0: brings up someone that can never ever make <laughs> it in.
1: I would say multiple people. I would want to go rapid fire on just absolute shitheads that never belong in the Hall of Guy. I
0: have five already.
1: That's fun. No, that, that, it that, just took fun. me about
0: two seconds to get those five.
1: Let's table the Zaza discussion. We'll dive okay. in fully in deep in another episode. So there's a tease folks coming up. One of these weeks, a ban episode, but we're, still focusing, we're focusing on the positive story right now. We're focusing on the positive memories. So, James, who's, who's making memories for you?
0: Sure. I mean, first off, we got to continue our live coverage of Slapgate. Uh, some breaking news has come out about it today. Do you guys want to know who won the Mike Trout Fantasy Football
1: League? Oh, God, please tell me. It was Alex
0: Bregman. Alex Bregman. <laughs> I
1: was gonna, Alex I was gonna Bregman say. is the winner. Trout said that on uh, Sunday Night Baseball, I think.
0: Indeed he did. And guess what? Even if you didn't hear Mike Trout say that, you could actually now go to Alex Bregman's baseball reference page and find, under his awards and other honors, the fact that he won Mike Trout's Fantasy Football League. I'm not joking in the slightest. That's incredible. Yeah, it has been added. Another thing that we learned about Slapgate, it's a $10,000 buy-in for this league. So, presumably, Alex Bregman probably won, what, 100,000, probably like 20,000 second place.
2: It sounds That's, like one of the leagues that are, some of our friends are, have been trying to turn our fantasy football league into. Uh, $10,000 to buy give them in. Give him a couple of years, and
1: Matt Paul will, will be wanting a $10,000 buy in. I mean, it's all relative, though, right? Like, 10000 to these guys is like a $50 to $75 league to any of us. Like, it's not nothing. But it's it's within, still a it's, lot. It's within budget. It is. It is. I mean, ten thousand is an incredible number to put up for a fantasy football league. No, I'm not denying that. I'm just yeah. saying it is all relative.
0: It's the kind of number where I have to imagine, like even most professional athletes, growing up, you would never have fathomed putting ten thousand dollars on a fantasy league.
1: I like can't fathom putting ten thousand on anything. Like even a down payment for a car, like I would just get a worse car. What are we doing, ten thousand dollars? <laughs> anyway. Too much. That is that is one of the items. I do
0: want to make sure that we're all up to date on that. But here's what's making memories for me right now. It's June. It's Pride Month. And there's plenty of conversations to be had about the relative morality of the corporatization of Pride Month because they think it'll make them some amount of money. It's also worth mentioning, hey, that definitely wouldn't have made companies money back in the past. Doing that would have, in fact, cost them dearly uh, because customer bases would have defaulted. So there's something to be said that, like, the fact that corporate America wants to subsume that in any capacity is sort of progress. It does also lead to really, really great things like a moment in history that I want us to all remember. This is from June 15th, 2022, 1228 p.m. This is a tweet from the official NASCAR account that just reads, YASCAR, rainbow emoji, hashtag Pride Month. It is an advertisement for their new Pride Month merchandise.
1: I'm dead. I'm dead. Lean into it. That's all.
0: I, I have nothing else to say. That is my making
1: memories. You can't you can't just dip your toes into acceptance. You can't be like, we stand with all people of all whatever. No. Dive right into it. Immerse yourself in it. I love it. NASCAR, NASCAR has been making tremendous leaps these past few years. You, you do have to consider the fact that every time they do it,
0: a large amount of their fan base is very, very upset about it but it's good that they're doing it.
1: Progress is made one tweet at a time. We all know this. So <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Hashtag, Yaskar. hashtag Yaskar. Hashtag And with progress, let's go ahead and progress to our last set of, of modern-day memories. Uh, Xavier, who's making those for you?
2: Oh, uh, a lot of good things happening recently. And so the uh, things that I've been making memories for me recently, the Yankees are really, really good. 31 games over 500 right now. If they went 500 for the rest of the season, they would have 100 wins. The fact that the Blue Jays have been pretty much as good as expected, they are still 10 games behind the Yankees. Yankees just finished sweeping the Rays with a Anthony Rizzo walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth. That is all very positive, and I'm not going to speak any more of it because I do not want to upset all the Baltimore Orioles fans in the crowd. Thing. Here's the
0: one that I saw today that just like really kind of smacked me in the face. Apparently, the Red Sox have gone 20 and seven their last 27 games, and they haven't gamed a single fucking game on the Yankees.
2: Yeah. Oh my yes. God. Red Sox are 13 and a half back. They're past 10, they're 7 and 3, but the Yankees past 10 is 9 and 1. The Yankees are not losing very often. Well, and you know who's beaten you more times than any other team in baseball. I think we've also played you like seventeen times already. <laughs> Some crazy thing like that. Don't
0: don't invalidate my <laughs> already correct stat sta, uh, statement <laughs> if, with extraneous circumstances. <laughs> what I said was true. We don't need to say any other thing.
1: Uh, get, I'll Most wins to over you. the best team in baseball. I think that makes you the second t- best team in baseball. It's, Many it's
0: people are saying this. Many
1: people are saying. Undefeatable logic, irrefutable. Though, if we have another Subway Series, World Series,
2: I will be insufferable. So just you know. Prepare for that possibility in October. Other fun things, soccer is fun. One interesting thing that happened the past couple of days was uh, Kobe Henry, who's an 18-year-old center back, who's a U.S. Youth International and plays for second division USL championship Orange County SC, was just transferred to League One side Stod Rem for $700,000, which breaks the USL championship record, by three times, because again, this is the second division of U.S. soccer. That is not a place that people usually go from to top divisions in Europe. But this How much kid, better was he than everyone else that he was playing with? Significantly, I, I watched an interview with him because it's a very you know unusual path. You know, he bounced around MLS academies, never really got the game time he wanted moved to the second division and played a bunch as a teenager and caught the eye of a top division team in France. And if all goes well, he could be going up against Kylian Mbappe and Neymar and Lionel Messi next season. It shows in a country as big as the U.S., there's always going to be players that slip through the cracks because 30 MLS teams like MLS has been growing a lot and eventually they are going to get to too many teams for one single league, but it's not enough for the amount of talent that does exist in America. Hence why, you know, England has 5,000 teams plus that are in a much smaller area. There, there's a lot of talent out there and it's cool to see someone from, you know, Florida who bounced around Florida academies, make the move to California as, you know, a 16 year old to sign a professional contract for a second division team. And now he might be playing in the top flight in France on the biggest stage, which is really cool.
0: Sick story. Love it.
2: Also, Arsenal signed Fabio Vieira out of nowhere. And we already have a great Vieira song. Thanks to Patrick Vieira. And I'm very excited to see people sing that next year.
0: We got to get a baseball hooligan section going at some point. We got to start getting baseball hooligan songs going guys. Maybe we should try and get a large enough group when I bike up to Philadelphia the next day for the game to to do baseball hooliganry.
1: I mean, be careful. The Phillies have been pretty pretty good.
0: No, I'm saying we do it with the Phillies. We do it for Phillies. I will I will be pro Phillies that evening. This is all in support of the Phillies.
1: I'm just saying, as a percentage of the crowd, we're gonna be get. It's gonna to be tougher and tougher to stand out. So we really need to bring our A game. I, I think we, we got
0: more than a month right now if we start thinking about this. I think we can make it happen. We're creative people. We do this I believe week. in us. Speaking of doing this every week, at the end of our, our most recent batch we have reached once again, Relitigation. It's time for us to turn back, to reconsider, and go over omissions that we think we have still remaining in the hall from our most recent batch. And I'm gonna go ahead and, if you guys don't mind, I'll, I'll get it kicked off after thing last week. I like to think of myself as a person of my word. I committed to this weeks ago, and I'm gonna go ahead and just get it over with. My number one pick, someone that absolutely needs to be in the hall, is. Herbert Lee Washington Diaz, your your earlier submission. The only person ever to have their baseball card read Pinch Runner. I looked a little bit more into it. It was only even run by Tops in the one printing. No other company has any even cards of him. Uh, there are three different printings of it Tops, Tops Mini, and Opeachy, which is the French printing of the Tops line. So oh it's the exact same card, just in French. I could get you a French Herbert Lee Washington card right now for $45.04 in pretty good condition if you'd
1: like. That's unreal. (laughs) I mean, that would be right up there with... uh, what, What does... How do you say pinch runner in French?
0: It is still listed as pinch run. On all of these, it's listed as pinch run, by the way. Not pinch runner, it's pinch run, period. They really just couldn't afford, I guess, those last three letters.
1: It's an Inca... On, on however many cards, I'm not sure exactly how many of these would be in existence, but it adds up. It adds up. Probably save a few dollars. Yeah, but it's, it, incredible. it was
0: just, that was just such a fascinating tidbit to me. I, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And like I said, I, I committed then and there. I was like, these two, no matter what, have to be in. And I'm I'm glad to have had the opportunity to do that. So, without any further ado, that's, that's my first submission. And I'll go ahead and turn it over to whomever of you is, is feeling feisty.
1: Xavier, as the—I don't want to say champion of the season—but with four successful litigants, is that how we would phrase it? L-
0: litigations, They're different cases. I'd say having, we're referring
1: to the the impassioned pleas. I've successfully argued before the court of guy four times this <laughs> season.
0: Sorry, not the court of guy, the guy. Bunal.
1: Guy oh, Bunal. There we go. I like that better. Thank you, Xavier. Why don't you go second? I would be happy to. So.
2: This th- this guy talked about burying the hatchet on that episode, but didn't end up actually uh, electing him. So I wanted to fully bury the hatchet this time, and I wanted to bring back Hank Basket, star of TV's Kendra and Kendra on Top,
1: and then also somewhat play football, but no one cares too much about that part. No one cares wow. too much about that part. I know a whole bunch of people in Indianapolis that will never forget the name Hank Basket. <laughs> Xavier, this is
0: this is an incredible growth moment. I think we we use this show a lot of the time to to do growth. As you've exercised a lot of Sixers demons through this, Xavier, you're giving up on this the woman of your dreams from way back in your adolescence. And I'm just I'm really proud of all of us for for how far we've come. This does kind of fly in the face of your uh, real distaste early on this this particular time for uh, reality television.
2: It still exists, but, you know, Hank Baskin has been through enough, as DSO so eloquently uh, explained, his, the troubles that he's, he's had to deal with. No need to get back into them. I'll give, I, I'm Can't willing to you know, s- get through this one.
0: Certainly some self-inflicted troubles amongst those. <laughs> A lot of My troubles
1: life. are self-inflicted.
0: Allegedly. Ale- Thank you, Diaz. Allegedly.
1: There's there's two people that know what happens. There's Hank Basket, and there is the model that was presumably nude when he arrived. <laughs> Those are the two people. And her friend. Excuse me. No, because there, there was the two. <laughs> <laughs> it's between three people, and it's not the three people on this podcast.
0: Well, I mean, hey, maybe we'll, uh, we'll have to check in with his Twitch stream at some point to officially let him know, make sure that he gets the big news. But, but there we go. We'll reconsider Hank Basket. Diaz, who you got for this first go-round of the three?
1: I was between a bunch for both of you, so I'm actually really happy that you both decided to go with my guys first. Now I have kind of my pick of the field. Bull free reign, baby. The one that stood out most to me for you, Xavier was Darren Erstad because one of my favorite things when we get together is when there's a guy that I already know to a decent extent and then I learn more about him. With Darren Erstad, I knew that he was the first baseman for that O2 Angels team that ended up winning it all. What I did not know is that he was an All-American punter as well. Arguably, in terms of first baseman versus punters, may have ended up being a better punter than first baseman. I'm sure he made more as a first baseman, but there's an argument to be made. He was a better punter than a first baseman. So I loved learning that. And yeah, I, I just, I love when we learn more about guys that we already knew. And I thought that was a very well put together presentation and love to learn more about there. And so that would be my first guy to put forward for relitigation. at the
2: national championship as a punter, got the world series, As an infielder, got the gold first person to, and so far only person to ever win a gold glove in both the infield and the outfield. And he's from North Dakota. What more could you want? What I do love is that by B-Ref War, he is not even the
0: highest war from his hometown because of Travis Hafner. Yeah, I love Um, that too. From the middle of nowhere, uh, and
2: still Travis Hafner has had possibly a more successful career than him.
0: Yeah, no, I'll, I'll go ahead and say I was. My first pick was also Darren Erstad, though I was going at Darren Erstad from a, a different angle a little bit. While I love the story, what kind of stuck with me about Darren Erstad was Darren Erstad is, is a very good. There's so many little stops he made, like those Falmouth Commodores teams, which have. It, so here's fun thing. There are three players on the Orioles roster right now that have played for the Falmouth Commodores. That's John Means, Kyle Bradish, and recent major league debutee Kyle Stowers, uh, who just played this last week in Toronto and had a double RBI for Adley Rutschman coming home. Gosh, I hope they get to do that more in the future. Um, the American Legion ball was so cool, but he's like behind guys like Bryce Harper and Tino Martinez and Hall of Famers and champions on the American Legion. And then in his hometown, Travis Hafner, again, seven more war, lifetime, 25 to 18 altogether. So in all of these ones, he's, first off, just always, you know, at least second best. And he's such a good web to start thinking about so many other guys. Uh, I think about that weird Angels team in itself. Uh, So yeah, I I completely agree that Darren Erstad was someone that I thought had to go in. And with Darren Erstad taken, I'll go ahead and as we come here to round two, Go With my second choice of Xavier's group, that is going to be our friend Connor Laid. Connor Laid, uh, a couple things. One, I'll admit, I think soccer's a little underrepresented. And and I, th- I Connor Laid was probably my favorite soccer story from the whole year. I really liked the Hometown episode. I really just enjoyed thoroughly how much you, you decided to really get the mileage and everything of where he went. I appreciated the lengths that you went to get the distance of how little he ever traveled. Uh, There are a lot of elements of that that I appreciated. And man, it's wild that there is just so much soccer going on in this country that I admit I I don't know about. And it's great to hear this story that has taken place basically contemporaneously with with our lives uh, as we've grown up. Like, this is a very uh, modern story for us. So I just uh, appreciate being reminded every once in a while of like when all of the teams that I already root for make me sad. I can just always like find a whole nother realm that, that exists elsewhere in the country uh, or in the world. And Conor Laid's story, great. Soccer, great. And, and I'm glad we, we have a chance to put some more in there. So I will go ahead and say, I want us to reconsider Conor Laid.
2: Love it. Love Conor Laid. Also reminded me that one, we need to get you some soccer teams to support. Two, Philly's hosting the world world cup matches in 2026. Cannot fucking wait for that going to be so great
0: i'm not gonna i'm very glad that baltimore and dc are not gonna have world cup matches like from a logistics standpoint absolutely thrilled
2: you can come up here and, and watch some with us and maybe we'll meet some paraguayans who are really chill uh, at the
1: link i love benevolent paraguayans what a beautiful country those people claim as their own
0: do we know all the countries that are going to be playing in philadelphia specifically
2: well, no, because that's twenty twenty six, so still four years out. Haven't done oh, qualifying okay. yet, and they're Oh, also, right, right,
0: right. Yeah, this is far, far, far from now.
2: And they're also increasing it from thirty two to forty eight teams, and like changing up the format. So there's going to be a lot more games and a lot more countries. So we could have countries that have never made it before that show up, which could be very fun because you know it might be a lot of you know immigrants in America whose teams never make the World Cup, and this is, could be a great opportunity for them to see. So it should be it should be pretty fun for a month or two. And you know what we
0: should do for all these people getting to kind of step onto the world stage for the first time? We should show them the grandeur and splendor of Philadelphia.
1: Hell yeah. So there's no reason to ever leave the sports complex. You got the stadiums there. You can go right to Xfinity Live. They got the casino now. Stay down to that little sports complex. You're going to have a great time. You're going to love it there.
0: Oh, man. They're going to make traffic just the worst thing in existence in that city. You guys should get bikes. Again, just, yeah, you should definitely we get bikes. We the subway. And, uh, The the subway runs to the sports complex.
1: This is true. You know what would be really funny? What if Italy doesn't qualify again?
2: (laughs) That would be so brutal, because you know if Italy does qualify, they're going to play a a game at the Meadowlands, and it's going to be 95% just Italian-Americans who are going to be insufferable
1: and fantastic at the same time.
0: Hey, I'm playing soccer over
1: here. That would be a great analysis. Like, which communities will have the most benefit from it being played in America's you'll still get relative home crowds. I'd love to see that analysis. I would I would say Mexico going to Italy getting advantage to well. play
0: in South Philadelphia would be a pretty fucking overwhelming home field advantage.
1: I wonder if I would assume all of Mexico's games are going to be either in Mexico or like LA or like on the border. That would be Probably. They got
2: the they got the three three cities in Mexico, Guadalajara, Mexico City and Monterrey. You think they're not going to like try and neuter them and and put
0: them somewhere where like that's not going to be as as sort of inbred of an advantage?
2: No, because they're hosting. So they're, Mexico's hosting too. So you want to get just like I'm assuming Canada's group stage games will be Vancouver and Toronto. Yeah, it, it it it'll be really interesting because it's going to be a totally different format instead of a group stage of you got four teams and you ever and everyone plays each other and two advance. It's going to be three teams they play each other to advance and then there's a knockout round of 32 and then round of 16 so it's it it, much easier chance of advancing to the knockout round because two of the three get out but then also you have to win another knockout round game so it'll be an interesting way to see you know how that goes but we still got some time well, good thing that,
0: that Larry Hogan vetoed all that great transit infrastructure legislation in Maryland, therefore denying Baltimore and D.C. any need to consider these logistics.
1: Also, FedEx Field being awful. Yeah, Dan Snyder and Larry Hogan really just two, two, two peas up. in a pod. They, they, they deserve each other.
0: Enriching themselves off people who like to say they are from D.C. and Baltimore, but only go there for sports games and otherwise live in the counties. Okay, enough proselytizing about the politics of Maryland. Let's go ahead and move on, Xavier, to
2: your next consideration for reelection. Yeah, Action. and uh, so we're going right back to Maryland because okay, I cool. want to bring back Cal Ripken Senior. Uh, Fuck yeah! You know, a- a- as you as you said previously, I also really loved the hometown heroes episode. And I did bring up a little bit of Gal Ripken Sr. wasn't always in Maryland, but he did spend a lot of time there. Enough where I'm sure the pain of being a Baltimore Oriole still was kind of ingrained in him. Uh, He was with the
0: 1983 World Series team. There's no pain. He doesn't know about pain. (laughs) Orioles fans now know about pain. In the 70s and 80s? No, fuck that.
2: Well, he did get fired as manager. Yeah, after
0: they won a World Series.
2: He was... was,
0: Let me not say anything to besmirch Cal Ripken, but he was a part of the organization during the entirety of the 1970s when they won a thousand games.
2: Well, I'm sure that he enjoyed a lot of his time, but he did still get fired from the organization he gave half his life to, which I think still is going to suck a whole lot. Fired twice. Yeah, that's... That, that's, that's painful. That, that's, that's, not, that's not an easy thing. We've seen in the past guys who win championships get ostracized by their teams or their teammates. Cough, cough, cough. The Boston Celtics and their weird hatred of Ray Allen. No, I, I think Cal Ripken Sr., even if he did get to be on the good Orioles, gave them the best years of his life, got fired twice, and had a son who achieved way more than he could ever have imagined. And then another son who had a fuck face card, which is also fantastic. I, I just really want to, you know, give a, a little bit of respect and honor to Cal Ripken Sr.
0: I, I don't want any of my outbursts to make it sound like I'm not thrilled to hear Cal Ripken Sr.'s name brought up. That's great.
1: I think you make a really good point, Xavier, too. Um... If it were not for Cal Ripken Sr., not only do we not have Cal Ripken Jr., we don't have Fuckface. And Fuckface is one of the most important contributions to the culture of baseball in the history of the sport. So I think based on those contributions alone, being able to provide us with Jr. and with Fuckface, you could argue that Cal Ripken Sr. deserves a spot in this hall. I also think coming up with the Oriole way, Right, that's just that is such a guy thing to develop yeah. the Oriole way. And the other thing that I just thought of with Carvajal Senior is, you know, there's a universe where he retired as the only undefeated manager in Oriole's history. But it's
0: true. That's true.
1: And he he had to go back in for seconds. He could have just retired one and zero. Bill Murray in Space Jam style, going out on top, undefeated. Time of my career, but that wouldn't be the Oriole way because that would be taking the easy way out. So I, I, I so respect Kyle senior. And, uh, that was going to be my number one. I was going to one way or another, try to make sure we got good old senior in there. Well,
0: there we go. We've got senior in. So with that, who else do you uh, have for us to consider again? Uh, DS?
1: <laughs> I want to bring back forward your one basketball guy from this season, James, and back to what i think is the the number one rule of this hall i've said it before i'll say it again a guy is somebody that you can bring up at a bar in any town usa and you can have a five minute conversation by like oh yeah i remember that guy and everybody remembers sam Bowie. and unfortunately for him usually just associated with that jordan pick but i loved how you put it and i think it's important for everybody to understand that if not for injury sam Bowie would have been a beast He was incredible until felled by his injuries. So I think that that tragic element to it, I think he's he's worthy of reconsideration. And just, I mean, tied forever to the greatest player in the history of basketball. For better, for his case, for worse, anytime you think Sam Bowie, the first thought almost anybody's going to have is, oh, Michael Jordan. They could have had Michael Jordan and they took Sam Bowie instead. So, I, I, I just think he's absolutely worthy of reconsideration. I think he hits all the, the elements we're looking for in a guy. I would be remiss if I did not bring back forth Sam Bowie. Okay, well, that's six to think about. Does anyone
0: have any objections to any of the six that we've, we've brought forward so far? Because if not, I admit, I'll play Devil's advocate for a moment against Sam Bowie. Let me hear it. So, I, I do love Sam Bowie. And and I'm certainly not opposed to this, but I do want to say on your bar test, while I think you can you can easily say, hey, remember that guy that got taken before Michael Jordan? That isn't Hakeem Olajuwon. It is if you're thinking about the bar test still. I do think there's almost a knock in the sense that you could say, hey, remember that really good center that was like a college stud that the Trailblazers drafted and like the top two picks overall, but then injuries really kind of deprived him of ever being able to reach his potential. There's three people that fit that minimum. And of them, I mean, Bill Walton's definitely much better than Sam Bowie. I think Sam Bowie beats out Greg Oden. I think he's the second one you think of those two, but it's, I'm just, again, playing devil's advocate. The thing that I, I do think I have to agree with on Sam Bowie is Similar to what you're saying with Michael Jordan, but even more so, he's, he's very much, again, one of those networking guys where you think about him and you think about that draft, because you think further down as you start to get to the guys like Charles Barkley, or you think about the what-ifs that we learned about, where they almost had that huge trade with Drexler to get to to Houston, and Houston could have had the first two picks and potentially taken Hakeem and Jordan. Uh, and there's all these corollaries you get to think of. So there's a lot of easy branching off that you start out with, with Sam Bowie, and on that bar conversation. What you want is for the conversation to be able to just naturally kind of keep flowing from guy to guy when you're doing this kind of reminiscing. So I hesitate with Sam Bowie. I do think I I probably still lean yes. And I don't think there's anyone else. I, I'll be a little sad if we can't bring along from this batch Ryan Sutter of The Bachelor. That's that's the one omission as we move forward from this that pains me a little bit. I know that Xavier's only going to be able to stomach one reality star I get it. I, I feel like I just got to say Ryan Sutter one more time on the way out. You
2: know? It's interesting that you'd bring up Ryan Sutter because obviously I had a list of more than just the two I brought just in case they were, they were said. And the other two that I thought of were Peter Norman and Randall Cobb. So I'm interested that you know, Ryan Sutter is the one who's really at the top of your list as you know, the odd man out here.
0: Peter Norman would have been my next one up. I, I Randall Cobb, I liked Randall Cobb. I did find that roast... From Randall Cobb, very, very funny. I did enjoy that a lot. But, you know, I also, I I don't know. I thought Ryan Sutter, again, he's the first guy from The Bachelorette. It's just, that's a very good sobriquet. That's a very good easy descriptor of someone, even if you don't know who he is. Though, to be fair, it is probably the one that has the least amount of crossover ever with anyone that would be interested in having these kinds of sports conversations. But I don't think it should be. I think there's sports elements to it, as, as, as I discussed. But, again, he's not there. Cobb is in here, and Norman is in here. I'm sorry. We're, I, I'm, I'm getting us away from all of this.
1: Well, so, I mean, and so in both cases, for my backup for each of you, it, it was the other one who was nominated. I was going to go with senior, and I was going to go with Connor Lade. So, I mean, to me, I think, we've, I think we've nailed this. I think our process was sound, and I think we've yeah. with some quality guys for reconsideration. I do lament that Tex is not going to make it in, because I think he's just an all-time boxing guy. Almost, dare I say, like the, the Hunter S. Thompson of boxing is what
0: Tech's <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Honestly, I didn't have a second one for you, Diaz, because the very first thing I knew I was going to do is I was going to honor what I said and, and bring in Herbert Lee Washington. Now now that I'm thinking about it, Yeah, if, if I'd had to have a second choice, it absolutely would have been Randall Tex Cobb.
1: But unfortunately for Tex, we weren't able to rig this vote. Wasn't able to get his down payment to us in time to get into the Hall of Guy. But, but that's well, fine.
0: Yeah, I mean the problem is he forgot that these guys are in the same league as him. He's not boxing people in the league below him, so he he didn't bring his full A game.
2: And uh, they're all true And he and he didn't do cocaine with all the other potential guys to convince them to you know take a fall. So well,
0: we don't we don't know that. If I remember correctly, Diaz has them all locked in a basement right now until we release the ones that we're about to decide on.
1: Listen, I cannot confirm nor deny specific state and location of these guys that we are talking about right now. They're not being held hostage. Like, let's be clear. They're not being held hostage. They want to stay because they know how much it would mean if they were elected into the Hall of Guy. So, let's just get that clear right now. Um, There there are no laws being broken. Xavier is a lawyer. As we have discussed
0: before, there is loud and clear consent in this entire process.
1: So, enthusiastic consent is, is how I would put it. But there we go. If they get in, they get in. If they don't, if they don't.
0: (laughs) Well, we're talking about the people that didn't make it, but as we discussed it, it does seem pretty clear that we landed on six as, as a trio. You know, we're talking about our second choices here. And the more that we talk that through, you know, I think that belies consistency. And if that's where all of our heads were at before production, and, and none of us have really said anything crazy to dissuade it, I, I see no reason why not to honor all six unless anyone has any final objections.
2: I
1: am happy with the six. Well, then, you can remove the key from the bucket that I just dropped down, because guess what? To you, lucky six, Sam Bowie, Cal Ripken Sr., Herbert Lee Washington, Hank Baskett III, Aaron Erstad, and Connor Lade. You will live forever in glory once you drink the Kool-Aid and walk on in to the Hall of Guy. Welcome.
0: Welcome, everybody. That's great. There we go. Six new guys. And great to once again uh, have this retrospective and uh, just get a chance to appreciate how much fun this is to do with my friends. And we got six new beautiful guys. We're currently casting all their faces in bronze so we can get these... Proper plaques up in short order with our social media team. Hey, if anyone hears this and tomorrow wants to go to a minor league baseball game in Wilmington, hit us up.
1: Two of us will be there. Come on through. Meet your favorite podcast hosts. We will have a autograph session afterwards, but there will be a fee. The fee is that you need to let us rant about our favorite minor league guys that we just met that day. We're gonna be at the uh, at the
0: stadium that is Mike Sweeney of the Kansas City Royals number retired. That's a great guy right there. I remember him from a lot of like mid two thousands baseball games as the best hitter on the Kansas City Royals.
1: He was on the Phillies, I think, for one postseason run. I want to say, I want to say, two thousand ten. It's gonna be so much on the minor league stadium got him a bit. I love Mike Sweeney. Come on
0: through. But thank you so much for coming through this time to listen to us once again. Uh, I've been James.
1: I've been the very special guest Xavier. And I'm Diaz, and as Colonel Sanders once said, I'm too drunk to talk about this guy.
2: This